two. I was all on the wrong side of the chart. <laughs> Stand for the reading of God's word this morning. Revelation chapter two, verse twelve through verse seventeen. And to the angel of the church in Pergamos, write. These things saith he which hath the sharp sword with two edges. I know thy works and where thou dwellest, even where Satan's seat is, and thou holdest fast my name and hast not denied my faith, even in those days wherein Antipas was my faithful martyr, who was slain among you where Satan dwelleth. But I have a few things against thee. Because thou hast there them that hold the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak to cast a stumbling block before the children of Israel to eat things, sacrifice unto idols, and to commit fornication. So hast thou also there them that hold the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which things I hate. Repent, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and will fight against thee with the sword of my mouth. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the hidden manner, and will give him a white stone, and in the stone a new name written, which no man knoweth, save he that receiveth it. Amen. And I want to minister to you from this thought this morning, the sword with the two edges. The sword with the two edges. Father, again, we love you. We truly appreciate your goodness and your word this morning, O oh God. Help us to understand, God, your grace, your mercy, and your love towards us. Guide us and direct us according to your perfect will. In Jesus' name, amen. And you may be seated. Amen. Praise God. The sword with the two edges. Amen. Swords have been made of different materia over the centuries with a variety of tools and techniques. While there are many criterias for elevating a sword, generally the four key criterias are hardness, strength, flexibility, and balance. Let me say that again. While there are many criterias for elevating a sword, generally the four key criterias are hardness, strength, flexibility, and balance. Amen. Early swords was made of copper, which bent easily. Bronze swords were strong. By varying the amount of tin in the alloy, a smith could make various parts of the sword harder or tough to suit the demands of the combat service. The Roman gladius was an early example of swords forged with blooms of steel. A good sword must be hard enough to hold an edge along the length, which can range from 18 inches to more than 36 inches. At the same time, it must be strong enough and flexible enough that it can absorb massive shocks at just about any part along its length and not crack or break. 
And finally, it should be balanced along its length so that it can weld effectively. Amen. And the Lord writing to the church here at Pergamos, He writes to them and He says, These things, says He, which have the two-edged sword, are the two sharp two-edged sword, in his mouth. Amen. We understand when we begin to look at this uh, that God is referring to the Word of God. God calls this church uh, to repentance. Amen. And God tells them that if they will repent, amen, He will give them a white stone. In other words, in ancient times, uh, when the lot was cast, uh, if you were found not guilty, you received white stone. But if you was guilty, you received black stones. Amen. And the Lord says, I will give you a white stone and a name that will be written in that stone, which no man knoweth, but he that received it. Amen. And so God is calling this church. He's reminding the church that they have allowed some things to transpire that should not be transpiring in a church of the church like this. He is saying that this church is a faithful church. He says this church is holding to his name. Amen. They are faithful. They're holding to the name of God. But something else is transpiring inside of this church. And God says you have a seat of Satan there. How can Satan find himself with a seat in a faithful church, in a church that is holding to the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. We should never allow Satan to have a seat in the house of God. If I am faithful to God, if I am holding the name of God, then Satan should not have a seat in the house of Almighty God. Somewhere, somebody is compromised in truth. Somewhere someone is letting things enter in that should not be there. Praise God. You can be faithful. You can have the name of Jesus, but you should not allow Satan to have a seat, not on your church or in your home. Amen. He should not have a seat in your house. You should have the Word of God strong enough and powerful enough to Cause him to get up and leave. Praise God. The church is starting to compromise. The church is starting to compromise on truth and standards of living. The church is starting to compromise with disobedience. The church is starting to compromise with a lack of commitment. We must not allow Satan to have a seat in the church of Almighty God. Anytime he's got a seat, that means something is going wrong. Paul 
Paul writing to the church at Corinth, uh, he says, Know ye not uh, that the unrighteous uh, shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, uh, neither fornicators, uh, nor idolaters, nor idolatrous, nor effeminates, uh, nor abusers of them with mankind, uh, nor thieves, nor covetous, shall inherit uh, the kingdom of God. Uh, and such were some of you, uh, but you're washed, uh, but you're justified, but you're sanctified by the name of the Lord Jesus and the Spirit of our God. All things is lawful, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful, but I will not be brought under the power of any. Paul goes on in the second chapter of Corinthians. Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship have righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion have light with darkness? And what concord have Christ with Belial? And what have he that believe with an infidel? And what have agreement with the temple of God with idols? For you are the living God. For God says, I will dwell in them and be in them. And they shall be my children. And I will be their God. Wherefore, come up from among them, and be separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean things, and I will receive you to myself, and I will be a father unto you, saith the Lord, God Almighty. You see, when we compromise with truth, we allow sin to hang around. We allow sin to get into the church. We allow sin to get into our lives, and that should not be. And the Lord says, But I have a few things against thee, because thou have there them that hold the doctrine of Balaam. You see, fornication was what Balaam taught Balak, how to cause the children of Israel to fall. And we see this spirit is slowly creeping into the church. And we need to be aware of it. And we need to call it for what it is. Paul says, know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolatrous, nor adulterous, nor effeminates, nor abusers with themselves with mankind. Amen. Homosexuality and same-sex marriages and all this stuff is not going to heaven. Amen. That means you, if you let that in your church, that means the devil's got a seat. Amen. If you let things go on in your own house of such, you mean Satan has got a seat in your house. And pretty soon, what happens, amen, you start compromising. You'll start allowing anything to take place. Yeah, you might start out saying, I'm just going to watch news on the television. But pretty soon, you're watching everything else because Satan starts changing the channels. He's going to watch what he wants to watch when you allow him to have a seat. 
seat in your house. Amen. You can be faithful. You can have the name of Jesus. But if you allow Satan to have a seat, he's going to control what goes on inside the house. And therefore, God is saying, he that have the sharp two-edged sword, if you don't correct it, I'm going to come in war against you with the sword of my mouth. When God kicked Adam and Eve out of the garden, amen, he said an angel or cherubim at the entrance of the gate with the sword that turns every way. You see, a sharp two-edged sword cuts both ways. The Word of God is as a sharp two-edged sword. The Old Testament and the New Testament, both of it is designed to cleanse you, to make you right, to make you holy, to make you pure. Whether the Word is coming out of the old or whether it's coming out of the new, it is a sharp two-edged sword. Paul right into the church at Ephesus in the sixth chapter when he tells us to take the whole armor of God. He says, finally in verse 18, take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying always with all perseverance and spirit. Amen. We've got to take the Word of God. We've got to hold the Word of God. If I say I am born again of the water and the Spirit, then what comes out of my mouth should be a sharp two-edged sword. It should be the Word of God. It has the power to deliver. It has the power to convert. It has the power to set the captives free. And so we should fight with the Word of God, not with our hands, not with our feet, but the Word of God. It will accomplish what God sends it to do. We must realize that God has given us His Word. He has armed us with the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. We must be hardness, Paul says, as good soldiers of the Lord. We must be strengthened and firm and steadfast in the things of God. We must be flexible, ready to go wherever God sends us and adapt to any changes that God may send our way. We must be balanced and even standing on our feet. Amen. Steadfast, unmovable, and always abounding in the things of God. He that has the sharp two-edged sword. Isaiah writing in Isaiah 49, 2. He said, God have made my mouth like a sharp sword. Amen. God has made my mouth like a sharp sword. In the shadows of his hand have he hid me and made me the polished shaft. In his quiver have he hid me. Amen. In my mouth is like a sharp sword. Thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against thee. The word of God is quick, Paul said. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing even in the dividers of under of soul and spirit and joint and mouth. And as the stirrer 
of the thought and the intent of the heart. Hebrews 4.12. Notice, it's quick. The Word of God is quick. It is powerful. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividers of under of soul and spirit and joint and marrow. It is the discerner of the thought and the intent of the heart. Paul told Timothy and Second Timothy 4, finally, he says, preach the Word. Be instant in season. Out of season, reprove, exalt with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts shall they heap unto them teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn from their ears from the truth unto fables. But watch thou in all things, do afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. Amen. We must preach the Word. We must not compromise the Word of God. Truth will set you free. It will make you free, Jesus said. And you shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. He has given me, Isaiah says, His Word as a sharp sword in my mouth. Amen. And we must preach. We must teach the undone adulterated word of almighty God because in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and the same was in the beginning with God all things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made and the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us and we beheld his glory the glory is the only begotten of the father full of grace and truth. Praise God. The Word of God is sharp. It's powerful. It'll work every time. You want to get rid of sin? Preach the Word. Do what the Word says. It'll go deep within. The Psalms that says, Open thou mine eyes that I may behold the wonderful things in thy law. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimonies of the Lord are sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandments of the Lord are pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, and doing forever. And the judgments of the Lord are true, and they're righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them are your servants worn, and in keeping of them is great reward. Who can understand his error? Keep back thy servant from presumptuous sins. Let not presumptuous sins have dominion over me. Then shall I be upright, and shall not be offended with the great transgressions. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. In my mouth is the word of Almighty God. It is a sharp arrow, a sharp sword with two sides. It comes from
from the old. It comes from the new. Because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Praise God. Revelation chapter 19, verse 1. Revelation 19, 1. And after these things, I heard a great voice of much people in heaven saying, Alleluia, salvation and glory and honor and power unto the Lord our God. For true and righteous are his judgments. For he hath judged the great whore, which did corrupt the earth with her fornication, and have avenged the blood of his servants at her hand. And again they said, Alleluia. And our smoke rose up from ever and ever. And the four and twenty elders and the four beasts fell down and worshipped God that sat on the throne, saying, Amen, Hallelujah. And the voice came out of the throne, saying, Praise our God, all ye his servants, and ye that fear him, both small and great. And I heard as it were voices of a great multitude, as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of a mighty thundering, saying, Alleluia, all the Lord for the Lord God omnipotent reign. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him for the marriage of the Lamb is come and his wife have made herself ready and uh, to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen clean and white for the white fine linen is the righteousness of saints and he said unto me right blessed are they which are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said unto me, These are the true sins of God. And I fell at his feet to worship him. And he said unto me, See thou doest not. I am thy fellow servant and of the brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God. For the testimonies of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. The spirit of prophecy is to proclaim that Jesus Christ and his word. The testimonies of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. Verse 11, And I saw heaven open, and behold a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called faithful and true, and in righteousness he does judge and make war. His eyes was as a flame of fire, and on his head was many crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew, but he himself, and he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God, and the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, and out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, that with it he shall smite the nations, and he shall rule them with the rod of iron, and tread the winepress of fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh remained ridden, King of kings and Lord of Lord. He has a name that no man know but he himself. And without 
controversy. Great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received back up in the glory. His name is Jesus. Jesus, the sweetest name I know. Feel my every longing. Keep me singing as I go. The revelation, the book, is called the revelation of Jesus Christ. He is the Word of God. And He says, if you don't clean it up, I'm going to come and I'm going to fight against you with the sword that is in my mouth, which is the Word of God. Praise God. When Joshua crossed into the promised land, and he came by Jericho, and Joshua looked, and he saw an angel standing with a sword drawn. And Joshua went to him and says, are you for us? Are you for our enemies? And he said, no, I am come as the captain of the Lord of hosts. For the captain of the hosts is Jesus. He's fallen in, in his footsteps. No weapon form against us shall prosper. And God says, if you repent, I will give you a white stone. Isaiah writes, and Isaiah 50 he says this this way though thou that are tormented and not comforted fear not God says in verse 11 I will lay your stones and fair colors I will lay your the foundations and sapphires amen and your uh, your windows shall be a gate and your gates shall be carbuckles and your borders shall be a Stone, and all your children shall be taught of the Lord, and great shall be the peace of them. Amen. And you shall be established in righteousness, and you shall not be oppressed. It shall be far from you. You shall not fear, for it shall not come near you. Amen. For I am the Lord your God. You need to understand God is with you, and from terror, and it shall not come against you, my brothers and sisters. There is no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue that rises against you in judgment you shall condemn. For this is the heritage of the children of the Lord. So gird yourself. Gird your lawns with truth. Put on the breastplate of righteousness. Your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shell of faith and the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication and the Spirit, and watching thereunto for all saints. Praise God. The sharp two-edged sword. <laughs> Praise God. Paul writing to the church at Thessalonica in Second Thessalonians 2, verse 8. And then shall the wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit 
of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders and with all deceitfulness and unrighteousness in them that perish because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this cause God shall send them strong delusions that they should believe a lie that they all might be damned who believe not the truth but have pleasure and unrighteousness. But we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren, beloved of the Lord, because God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth, whereunto he called you by our gospel to the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the tradition which you have been taught, whether by word or whether by epistle. Now to our God, Lord Jesus Christ himself and God, even our Father, who which have loved us and given us everlasting consolation and good hope through grace. Comfort your heart and establish you in every good word and work. Amen. We got to be faithful. We got to hold to the name of Jesus Christ. But we do not compromise. We do not compromise with sin. Sin must go. Amen. If not, God will come and he will fight against us with the word of his mouth. He has the sharp two-edged sword. And out of his mouth it goes to smite the nations. Praise God. So don't let Satan have a seat. James says, you believe there's one God? (laughs) He says, Satan also believes. And he trembles. Praise God. He has no place with the children of God. So don't compromise. Don't give in to try to please the world and its ways. Amen. What shall it profit a man, Jesus says, if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? Praise God. You've got to keep the sword sharp. You've got to keep the word hidden in your heart constantly. Paul says, you, Peter says, you need to be ready to give an account of every man. Ask you of the hope that is in you. That's the word of God. The word is quick. It saves us. It keeps us. That's why Peter, when they says, what shall we do? He says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. John peeps into the foundation of heaven and he says, and I saw the foundation in the name of the apostle of the lamb is written on the 12 
foundation. And God says, if you repent, amen, and you get it right, he says, I'll give you a white stone with a name written. What God's saying is, you will not be found guilty, amen, but you will be free. You will be steadfast, amen. You don't want, amen, the lot, the die to be cast in his black stones back in the old days. That means you was through, amen, but you wanted the white stones to fall. Praise God, because Jesus is the Lord which casts the die, amen. Praise God, and he holds the sharp two-edged sword in his mouth. Praise God. Have you been compromising with truth? Have you been giving in to Satan? Have you let Satan have a seat? See, if we're not careful, we can let him have a seat and not even think he has a seat. See, we can sit there and next thing you do, everybody's playing with their iPads and their iPhones and right across from each other in your own house. Nobody's talking about Jesus. <laughs> Nobody's talking about Jesus. Every, talking about everything else but Jesus. And that's what Satan wants. And that's what he desires. He wants the seat. He wants the chief seat in the house. Because, see, when you got the chief seat, you know what? You make the calls. He makes the calls. And that's when we start compromising. That's when we start letting down. Amen. We are called to preach the word. Be in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exalt with all long-suffering and doctrine. As Paul told the church in Timothy, he says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for corrections and instructions in righteousness that the man of God should be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Peter says, knowing this verse, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. But the holy men of God spake as they was moved by the Holy Ghost. Praise God. This word yet once signified, amen, that the things which will remain will remain. Amen. Praise God. So don't compromise the truth. Repent. Amen. And get your hearts right with the Lord. Father, I praise you. God, I pray again today, Lord, for your people under the sound of my voice, that they will examine themselves, O God, and see if they have allowed Satan to have the chief seat in their homes. See if they're compromising truth, O God, that they're spending much time on devices and not talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. Touch them, Lord. Touch their hearts. Touch their minds. They're going to be faithful, God. If they're going to hold your name, show them the right way, O oh God, to cleanse their houses and their homes from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, that they must perfect holiness in the fear of God. God us, O oh Lord, again today, Lord Jesus. Let us walk with you, Jesus. Don't ever, don't ever let us go. 
For without you, God, we could never make heaven our home. We need you, Jesus. Have mercy upon us, O God. Have mercy, O God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Be exalted, O God. Be exalted in the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth, O God. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Guide us. Direct us. Free us. Change us. Still us, O God. Change my heart, O God. Make it ever true. Change my heart, O God. May I be like you. Change my heart, O God. Make it ever true. Change my heart, O God. May I be like you. You are the potter, I am the clay. Mold me and make me, this is what I pray. Change my heart, O God. Make it ever true. Change my heart, O God. May I be like you. Jesus, I thank you, Lord. I thank you for your word. 